Now, if you are a guest today, thank you. You may be seated. You want to have one of our packets, all right? If you are a guest today, if you are a guest, all right, and you didn't get one of these. Did you get one of these, Bertie? Did you get one of these? Someone's going to share one with you, Bertie, all right? Anybody else who is a guest today, if you didn't get one of these packets, uh, we've got information about the church. All right, okay, very good. Praise the Lord. And there's a card in there if you don't mind filling it out for our records. Uh, we'd like to know that you visited with us today and get to know you a little bit better. Out there as you came in today, we have beautiful bulletin. Thank you, Dane, for that lovely bulletin. We've got a church, and I like that church because we've got all that, all that uh, stonework leading up to a huge archway under uh, a cross. It's amazing. I don't know what style of architecture that is. If anybody knows the technical name, I would be interested in knowing what that is. But that's an interesting, there are certain kinds of arches in church architecture. But there's a cross and an arch and then a huge door. And I love that because Jesus told us that, that He's the way, the truth, and life. And He's the door, isn't He? And amen. And there, there was always a wide gate in, uh, in the tabernacle, in the outer court. You could get in and praise God. And, and uh, I am so glad that we have that in Jesus Christ. We also have our prayer sheets out there. And then uh, a little something that Tom made. Tom, you made these, um, the center of the Bible, those bookmarkers, didn't you? And uh, that'd be great to keep in your Bible and you can uh, keep track of where you are in your reading. We have an app for reading through the Bible. I hope that you will. Amen and amen. Well, God has been good. We've been traveling and uh, not just vacation time, but uh, First Lady Gwendolyn and I were gone for a little over a week. And most of that time we were either on the road or we were in conference. And God gave us a wonderful opportunity witnessing going and coming. Uh, got out a couple of hundred tracks and uh, a lot of witnesses and saw God bless in the services that I preached. We saw souls saved. We saw the altar filled. We saw uh, people responding in decisions. It was wonderful. Got to, got to preach and sing. And then in the conference for Amazing Grace Missions, we had the privilege of leading the music. Dr. Tom Wallace was the keynote speaker. Dr. Wallace is a very young man, but we'll excuse his young age. He's 93, going to be 94, and still preaching the Word. That gives hope for all of us. Amen. Uh, amen. And he, he, he said it. Uh, he said, just a number, just a number. And he kept on with great power. And uh, praise God for the good results in that conference. Amazing Grace Mission reminds us that this summer, in the month of August, we will be out at the Prince William County Fair. And we will have the largest booth out there, actually four booths side by side. And we want to train uh, about 30, 40 people to take their turns, two and three and four hour uh, turns, uh, out there at the booth, winning souls to Christ. And uh, following up, we've got some folks that are, uh, that are needing to be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, thank you so much for your prayers, but think about August and what's coming up. Praise the Lord. Now, nearby you, uh, there is a Bible in the back of the pew, and one just like it, either in English, if that's the first language, or uh, whatever language is the first language close to our King James Bible, uh, they will have in hardback a Bible for $8. Third World Christians were supplying these, and as of last Sunday, we had raised enough at $8 a piece to place in the hands of Third World Christians 873 
of these Bibles. Now today, if you'll give $1,000, if you'll give $1,000 today to these Bibles using this particular envelope right here, uh, if you'll give 100 or you'll give 1 or you'll give 10 whatever you're going to give, uh, whatever that amount is, God's going to bless. I would not ask you to do something that I'm not doing. I'm doing that today. So I would like you to do it also and give the very best. In addition to your regular tithes and missions offerings, I would ask you to give to put the Word of God in the hands of third world Christians. I received a text from Brother Wally Connolly and uh, he is committing to giving to this uh, as well as uh, he's planning on coming to the Beast Feast. So let's talk about the Beast Feast coming up on the 2nd, right, Saturday the 2nd of March. We have the Beast Feast. These are what we hung on doors. How many door hangers went out yesterday? Okay, so over 300. And um, so people are getting that along with the church information. You can come join us next Saturday at... Um, at 9 o'clock, excuse me, 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock for cleaning, 10 o'clock for visitation. And uh, we have sign-up boards that are going to go around in just a moment. I'm going to ask our ushers to help us, but uh, these are sign-up boards for the Men and Beast Boys Beast Feast, Saturday, March the 2nd, 1 p.m. activities, absolutely free. And um, go ahead and pass those if you would please, and then pass these if you would please. All right, and 4 o'clock for the meal and the program, and there will be gifts given out. Wonderful, wonderful opportunity for people to, uh, to come and hear the gospel and get to know other men and boys. The women will be cooking. Now, one of the sheets is about cooking. The top sheet, we will supply the venison. You prepare it like you would beef and uh, make uh, lasagna, make spaghetti, make stew, make, uh, you know, whatever uh, you would make with beef, you could make with venison. I trust that you will. So at least one, if not more, main courses, sign up for that. We'll supply the meat the week prior. And uh, then make uh, side dishes, the vegetables, salads, and everybody make a dessert, those fantastic desserts. Brother Wally is going to bring 15 people, he says, from Fredericksburg area. That would be fantastic. He said, going to take two tables. He said, now, could, could I get a German chocolate cake? Because that's his favorite. Uh, pray for Brother Wally. Brother Wally, if you're watching, pray for Brother Wally. He's addicted to German chocolate cake. So, uh, I said, well, we'll get two or three German chocolate cakes for you, all right? So uh, sign up for one of those, if you would, please. And uh, then we have these flyers. Now, you can take 20 of these, 10 of these, 5 of these, 1 of these. Ushers, would you come again and uh, would you distribute these? Thank you so much. These are individual flyers. And you take them for at the job, put them up on bulletin boards, give them to relatives, family members, and others. It's for men and boys only, but the ladies are helping with the cooking. We want to get you on the cooking crew. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Amen and amen. That is fantastic. That is just wonderful. Now we've got uh, some other things coming up in the days ahead. Uh, you know, of course, after the Beast Feast, uh, we have um, some very special things going on. We have, um, let's see, we have time change on March the 10th. Make sure that you uh, change your clocks and to be pushing them forward one hour, right? Spring forward, fall back, spring forward. So we're going to lose an hour. want to be here for church, so do that. And uh, then also we have in the month of March on the 24th, we have Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. We have Lord's Supper on Tuesday night, March 26th at 7.30. We have um, 
Our ladies' uh, tea coming up April 27th. We have extravaganza April 20th. Uh, we have musicale on, on what would be called Easter, which is Resurrection Sunday, and that will be uh, at, on the 31st, 11 o'clock in the morning, and we are going to begin rehearsing for that. We need a choir to gather in the evenings, 530, uh, on Sundays, beginning on March the 3rd. And so we'll have uh, the adults, and we'll have the children, Lord willing, participating. Next Sunday, we are going to have with us missionary Nathan Fry and his family. That reminds me of all the different missions uh, folks that have reported to us recently. I've got reports from Amazing Grace Mission, and you'll get a report next Sunday from uh, Nathan uh, Frey. Uh, likewise, we have the Couriers for Christ who go into uh, Europe, uh, particularly the old uh, Iron Curtain, and they uh, give out Bibles. Uh, here we have open doors for the protectors, Bibles going to the Polish uh, protectors, and uh, that's an outstanding report of all the folks that have been reached with the gospel. I've got here reports from the Philippines, Quezon City, Metro Manila, and uh, of course that would be the Briones family. We pay the rent uh, for their ministry and uh, send support. We have the Australian Times for the Christopher Eccles family in Australia. We have the Jim and Phyllis Childress missionaries to Panama prayer letter uh, and uh, they're down in Panama. Carrie Ferguson over in Ivory Coast. Tatiana Cordero in Porto Alegre, Brazil. Uh, we have John and Rhonda Len Lennon, missionaries in Ecuador, but they're reaching a lot of Iranians. In fact, I can't even give uh, the reports of all the folks getting saved and baptized because they would be in danger. Uh, appreciate uh, those reports. We have Dan and Tricia Duby. Uh, in Germany, we have the Campbells in Wales. I have a report here. We sent uh, a, a year, a, a beginning of the year gift to Golden State Baptist College in Santa Clara, Dr. Treber, the Struther family in England. And uh, just letting you know, we're around the world reaching all kinds of people. We have uh, the Mullers in South Africa. We have uh, the Estep family reaching Mexico, and uh, so many folks like that. That's just the letters that have come in while we've been on the road. And so every opportunity, I want you to go down that hallway and pray for those missionaries. And uh, John, did Reuben get back all right? Got back safe from, uh, from an African mission to reach uh, folks and his, uh, his son, uh, which would be uh, John's grandson, uh, there as well, and praise the Lord for uh, the opportunity to reach souls. I want to say thank you to uh, Tyler and to Ryan and those who have kept watch over the ministry in our absence. And uh, didn't Tyler do a great job in preaching the Word of God? Amen? Amen. Hoo-wee, I tuned in and he was preaching the paint off the walls. I came home expecting to see it just hanging in strips off the walls. Good job. Praise the Lord. And the church is going on. Praise God for that. Uh, we uh, will have a week from Wednesday night our annual 2023 report meeting. And God, I'll just say this, has richly blessed. This entire report has been reviewed and will be passed 
along to you. It was passed unanimously by the faithful men uh, before uh, we went on this most recent trip, and it is recommended unanimously for your vote on Wednesday night. This is a report of everything that's been done by the church this past year. Also, there is a unanimous recommendation to be voted on by the church to upgrade all of our remaining HVAC units. We have four units to be replaced. This is no small amount, but I'm happy to report every penny of the money that will be needed is in a fund awaiting its expenditure in this proper fashion. It's all there. God provided. Amen. I don't want you to miss the business meeting. It will be, as I said, a week from Wednesday night. So we want to be present for that. Amen. Just so many things to talk about and to report on. Uh, everybody, I want you to turn around, face the camera, and say, Hello, Gabe. Hello, Gabe. All right. Everybody said, Hello, Gabe. Gabe had uh, a minor stroke last week, but he's been set aside for a while in rehab. And so we want to continue to pray for Gabe. And uh, I've got my hand raised. How many of you believe that God can heal and restore? Amen. So we're going to be praying for Brother Gabe and uh, asking God to restore him as soon as possible. And we'll have more to say about that after we go offline. But we're just very thankful knowing that we have a great physician. Your bulletin says the day of salvation. And inside the bulletin, there's much material that you can use. But on the back of the bulletin, such as we have on every piece of literature that goes out of here, we have what? Plan of salvation. So every piece of literature that goes out of here, we're inviting people to the Savior. How many of you believe, as we sang, Jesus saves? Jesus saves. Spread the tidings where? All around. Not just certain people, but God so loved what? The world. And how did he prove his love? God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were at sinners, what? Christ died for us. But he didn't stay in the grave, did he? How many of you believe that he rose from the dead and he's alive forevermore? Amen. We're, yes, we're an old-fashioned, old-time, old-paths, Bible-believing, hopefully Bible-behaving church. And inside your bulletin, inside your bulletin, it says salvation is not a process. That means the born-again experience isn't something that takes place over time. Now, there may be some run-up, some conviction, and so forth that takes place. But when we receive Jesus Christ as my Savior, listen very carefully, the instant we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, that instant there is a divine transaction. Salvation, that is, born-again experience, is a transaction. Everybody say transaction. All right, so it's not a process. Salvation is a transaction. Some of the false Bibles in English, there's over a hundred of them, that are based upon uh, faulty manuscripts. Now, our King James is, is, is perfect. It is perfectly preserved. But there are some Bibles that are based on faulty manuscripts, and one of the areas in which they show themselves to be faulty is that they uh, supposedly present salvation as steps, as a... Uh, process. And that's not salvation. That's not born again. Born again salvation is a transaction. It's an instantaneous, uh, miraculous transaction. The greatest, the greatest miracle in the universe 
is when God comes down and saves a poor lost soul like you and me. That's the greatest miracle of all. So salvation is not a process, but it is a divine transaction. It is personal, and it must line up with what God says in the Bible. Now, a very smart man said that. Dr. Brad Winnegar, pastor, said that. It's right there at the top of the bulletin. All right? Now, I'm not really claiming to be smart. I am claiming to be a Bible believer. And that's what the Bible says. There aren't several plans of salvation in the Bible. There's one plan of salvation. There's only one guy. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Uh, Dr. John R. Rice wrote a wonderful, he wrote many wonderful songs and choruses, but he wrote one called, Oh, Bring Your Loved Ones to Jesus. And we have the scripture that we read previously, one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. When Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation of stone. And then it goes on and talks about how in the same town of Bethsaida, where Andrew and Peter were from, there was somebody else who found somebody else who found somebody else who found somebody else. Do you know the plan that God has for world evangelization has not changed? It's still the same. Bring your loved ones, bring your neighbors, bring your friends, bring everybody that you possibly can. Amen. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but to whom have you spoken this week about Jesus? With whom have you spoken about salvation, Bible salvation. Now, I believe that it is a transaction, as I've said. And then there is something that happens in us called transformation. If any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Boys, watch me now. Listen to what I'm going to say. This is important. When you get saved, when you get saved, it should be obvious to somebody that something has happened. Now, it won't necessarily be clear in every detail. But it's like Nino, who had the music shop in California. On the side, he had a rock and roll group. And they would dress up like the Beatles. And he would play the left-hand Hofner bass. All of you that go back to the 60s know what I'm talking about. And they would do a perfect imitation of the Beatles. They would do an imitation of the Beach Boys. And he was into the world and very popular. But uh, many things had happened in his life. And as he was growing up, I had learned that in his growing up years, he'd been exposed to a lot of false religion, and he was turned off to religion. But every year, uh, there in our former ministry, uh, we had the opportunity to do the Christmas parade. And by doing the Christmas parade, I got to emcee it. And then between each of the floats or the groups, the marching band, whatever would come by, my quartet would step up, and we would sing a gospel song. And I'd preach a little bit. We get down, and they would have the lighting of the Christmas tree. And they planted a Christmas tree, and, and they would have the light of the Christmas tree. Now, I don't worship the Christmas tree. I don't worship Christmas. I worship Christ. And, and that's it. I believe in turning it around for Jesus. And so that's what we did. I hope I'm not turning any of you off. But, I mean, that's, that's what we did. I would preach at the Christmas tree, at the Christmas tree light. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. People get saved. Now, present at every one of those events was Nino. Because we would use a piano from his shop. And he'd roll that piano. He'd put it on wheels and roll it down 
that street, whatever street that was, it was one of the letters of the alphabet, D Street, I think. And roll, roll it down that sidewalk, down to where we would have all the activities, the festivities. And I would play the piano, and we would sing, and we would, we would present the gospel, and he would hear the gospel every year. Some years later, after we'd moved here to Virginia, I had occasion to be back in California visiting a family. And uh, as I was there, I went every day to Nino's Music Shop. And I bought him a coffee. And we sat and we talked, sat and talked. And I presented the gospel to him again. Tell, I mean, he could tell me how to be saved. He could tell me, but he wouldn't get saved. Finally, on the last day, I got down on my knees. And I said, please get saved. I'm supposed to get on the plane here in an hour. And I'm not getting off my knees till you get saved. He said, get up, preacher. Somebody will see you. Somebody will come, somebody will come in and see you. Go, please get off. I wouldn't get off my knees. Finally, I felt something. It was his tear. God broke his heart. He was weeping, and he fell down on his knees. I led him to Jesus right there. Amen. The next week, we got a card in the mail from Nino. He said, preacher, it's real. Something has happened been a change taking place inside me when I asked Jesus in my heart. That's what we call transformation. You don't do it, I don't do it. We can't do it in the witness and energy of the flesh. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He begins to work. And you may not have all the theology down, all the details. You may not have all the words, but you know something's happened. You know that someone's living inside of you. You know that there's a, a difference. There's been a great change great change since I've been born again. And then there's the third part of that. Not only a transaction. Say transaction. Not only transformation. Transformation. But then there's transmission. Transmission. I'm not talking about your cars. But it's when we transmit the truth. It's when we share the truth with others. And I'm glad that God's plan for the evangelizing of this world is for us to have the transaction and then have the transformation and then do the transmission of the truth to others. Oh, bring your loved ones. Oh, bring them to Jesus. Bring every brother and sister to Him. When come the reapers, home with the harvest, may all our dear ones be safe gathered in. How many of you today are thinking about a loved one, a family member, a friend, neighbor, a co-worker that needs Jesus? Amen. Amen. That's why we need to be in the soul-winning business. God does all the saving. But we want to be His channels. That's it. We have a little chorus. I never, I never got it directly, but some other preacher boys from another Bible uh, institution brought this to me. And ever since we had churches years and years ago, we were just, I was a kid preacher. We learned this song. Souls for Jesus is our battle cry. Souls for Jesus will fight until we die. We never will give in while souls are lost in sin. Souls for Jesus is our battle cry. Amen. And we're doing everything we can to reach everybody that we possibly can, by every means that we possibly can, everywhere that we can, under every circumstance that we possibly can. But Fuma, good to see you, man. God bless you. Welcome back. Amen. You're taking care of business, right? Everything? All right, good. Amen. That's good. Praise the Lord. When we were down in Sefner, Florida, Individual came to me and said they were, they were so heartbroken because they'd had a disciplinary action uh, with, with a, an individual uh, 
having to be excluded from the ministry. Now, this person had been under the preaching of the gospel, uh, made profession and so forth, but uh, we're, we're just not coming around, just not doing right. And I said, I want to encourage you. I said to this individual, it's hard to do that. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking when people don't come along. We want everybody to develop for the... We want everybody to get saved. We want everybody to grow in grace. We want everybody to become a super Christian. It's heartbreaking when they don't. We expect and hope and pray that it will be the case all the time, but it's not all the time. And I said, let me share something with you. My good friend in life, Dr. Wally Beebe, Mr. Buss, used to say, one soul is worth more than all the wealth of the world, but one soul is not worth 20, 30, 40 souls. And sometimes, sometimes there comes a time when we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And it's not something we enjoy. So people say, oh, you, you run those buses, you bring in those kids, you have the extravaganza, you have the youth program. Oh, those kids, you know, they're going to leave fingerprints. Listen, I'd rather have the fingerprints than have the souls saved. Try to teach them not to leave fingerprints. Oh, they're going to come in, they're going to tear up stuff, they're going to try to, they're going to take paper towels and try to flush it down the commodes and they're going to try to clog everything up. We're going to have floods and everything. We're going to try to teach them not to do that. Doesn't always start out that way. Hopefully there's a transformation. And some of those same ones that are so wild, they're going to end up being great soul winners. Now, I know that some nice little boys and little girls grow up to be great Christians, but there are some that are kind of nasty as kids. You say, preacher, you said that in the pulpit. Some of those kids, yeah, some of them act kind of nasty. But some of those grow up to be great preachers and preacher's wives and missionaries and and Sunday school teachers. And so we have to have wisdom. We have to have direction. We have to have love. And that is what this is all about. When we talk about the day of salvation, we're talking about acting, behaving, living out the love of the Lord Jesus. Someone has said, faith, hope, and charity. Charity being love. Faith makes all things possible. I believe that. Amen. Hope makes all things bright. I believe that. Love makes all things better. Better. See, I'm not perfect. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I'm going to be. But thank God I'm not what I was. Who can say amen to that today? Amen and amen. I want you to take your Bibles. We're going to read the context of the Scripture that's on the front of your bulletin today. It's in the book of 2 Corinthians. I taught through 1st and 2nd Corinthians on Wednesday night, and we're going back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. And it speaks about the ministry. Now, when you find the word ministry in the Bible, that means service for the Lord. A minister is a servant. A ministry is service. We are in the business of uh, of giving our hands and our feet and our lives to the service of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, King Jesus. Amen. Now, as I said, we're all a work in progress. Salvation, that is, new birth, is instantaneous. The transformation takes place over time as we yield day by day, hour by hour, moment by, by moment. It's Look this way for a moment. Tell me if it's not true. It's one day at a time, isn't it? It's one day at a time. 
It's one day, it's one, it's one hour at a time. It's one moment at a time. It's one breath at a time. We yield ourselves, our, our soul, our mind, our body to the Lord Jesus. You say, I'm going through a hard time. It's one day at a time. It's one hour at a time. It's one moment at a time. We yield ourselves to Jesus. You and I can't do what needs to be done. We need the Lord Jesus as we yield to Him. So then it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 1, we then as workers together with Him. What are we? We're workers together with Him. If you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, don't go there now, but you read about we're workers together. We are laborers together. We are in this together. It is a cooperative effort that we might bring the lost to Jesus. We might bring Jesus to them and them to Jesus. All right. So then it says, we then as workers together with Him, we're working cooperatively with each other and with the Lord. Beseech you. Now the word beseech, once again, the letters B-E on the front of that intensified. So intensely, we're begging, asking you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Let's say that. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So we have several different layers of meaning here. When we think of the day of salvation, when we think of God's great love, there are several ways in which to think of this. First of all, if you're marking it down in your Bible, I want you to put next to this verse, it's a day of opportunity. It's a day of opportunity. For you see, we don't have to go through all the difficulties that they did in the Old Testament. They had the ceremonies, they had the, the tabernacle, the temple, they had all the feast days and so forth. Now, this was not a means of salvation, but this was a, a means of making clear that salvation is by grace, that salvation is by faith. Those that were offering or having offered sacrifices were not saved by the blood of bulls and goats. That was a picture of Jesus Christ, by whose stripes we are healed, by whose blood being shed we are saved. Are you listening to me? Get this now. This is important. I want everybody to understand. Only one plan of salvation. But praise the Lord, we don't have to go through all of that. Uh, for you that are reading through the Bible, you're in the Old Testament, and you're in the Pentateuch. Doesn't it get kind of weighty? Weighty? Doesn't it get kind of heavy every now and then as you're reading through that part of the Scripture? And you think, my, what they had to do in Old Testament times. Aren't you glad that Jesus Christ is the end of the law to everyone that believeth? Aren't you glad that He is the fulfiller of the law? Uh, the righteousness that we have in and through Jesus Christ satisfies the holy requirements of Almighty God. Aren't you glad that, uh, that we can't keep the Ten Commandments? It is the schoolmaster that brings us unto Christ, that points us to Jesus Christ. And in and through Jesus Christ, the Ten Commandments are fulfilled. And so we have that. We have the fulfillment of that. When God looks at you as a born-again believer, justified, He looks at you through the lens of Jesus Christ. And you don't have to worry about losing it because you've got it. He said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God, I've got what He provides. I've got who He has provided. I know whom I have believed and persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. Amen and amen. What a wonderful, wonderful truth. Today is the day of salvation. Now is that accepted time. I would say we have great, great opportunity now. And uh, I know there are obstacles. And I know there have been 
times in the past when there were persecution and difficulties. I think also of the day of salvation. I think of the great gift that God has given us this nation. Now I'm glad for every saved person in every nation on earth. There are over like 200 nations and territories on earth. And there are probably believers everywhere, even under hardship and heartache and so forth. And God permits those hardships and the, that persecution. He permits that to hone people and help them stretch them, help them to become all that they ought to be. I, I believe that with all of my heart. So God's not out of control and God's not, God, God's not worried about how it's all going to turn out because He's got it all in His hands. It's all taken care of. But I'm glad I'm in America. You say, well now, I disagree with this and I disagree with that. I don't like this and I don't like that. And I don't care what side of the aisle politically you are on. You're always going to find something you don't like. But you have to realize that God has had a plan to plant on this soil a nation from which missionaries have been sent in the last couple of hundred years to every place where we could send missionaries. I realize also that we're not what we used to be. We're not what we ought to be. I understand that. But I am glad. I thank God for America. I thank God for the rich spiritual legacy that is seen in our documents. I thank God for those, some of those individuals back in the 1700s. You see pictures of them up on the wall. Some of the preachers and some of the things they went through, even in the colonies here. Uh, there, were, there were state churches, colonial uh, churches supported by taxation before we got our constitution and before we got our... our, our situation that we have now. I understand that many people suffered. Right here in Virginia, some of the Baptists suffered terribly. They were beaten, they were imprisoned, they were fined, they were stopped. There, there are little places and markers all around and uh, Culpeper Courthouse right on that picture, right out there in the hallway. Uh, we have evidence of persecution that took place, but it's not that way now. It may be again, but it's not now. Praise God for that. I thank God that from this place around the world has sounded out the gospel. And I'm glad that we've got a wall full of missionaries out there that we've helped support and send money to just recently. We've kept, we've kept a couple of mission projects going. We've helped fill out their budget. We've helped pay deficits. We've helped uh, various uh, efforts uh, in spreading the gospel. Wonderful efforts. As I sat there with my wife in Sefner, we watched the slides of the great campaign. I got a, got a grin on my face. They showed slides of a great campaign in Mexico. Does that sound familiar? In Mexico last year. And up came the numbers. Tracks were distributed. Now I happen to know the number. Between 85 and 87,000 tracks you paid for, you sent. And they were distributed by 15, 16, 17 local churches down there. We had the tracks personalized for those specific Mexican churches. And the results were they tallied and got complete information on over 5,000 souls saved in the Mexican campaign. And praise God, God used you to accomplish that. And I thank God for your great heart. We have given and given and given and given again to these types of efforts. There are churches on several continents that you, by your giving, built from the ground floor up where souls are being saved right now as we speak. Thank God for you, for those efforts. Wonderful. We're learning lessons as we go. We're learning to be more effective. I want you all to join your hearts in praying 
for one of our missionaries, a church planter. And right now, a wicked individual is trying to sell the building that they have built with their sweat and their money, trying to sell it out from under them because they don't have the deed to it, and that property is going to be sold out from under them. I want you to pray with me. There are lots across the street that God will raise up a building across the street. I can't stop the wickedness. I can say, like Paul said of Alexander the coppersmith, the Lord rewards you. I can say that about the wickedness. But we're not going to fight with the, with the energy and the witness of the flesh. We're not going to fight with carnal means. We're going we're to fight with prayer. We're going to fight with asking God to raise up a church building across the street and raise up that church so that church planter can go on. How many of you, without my naming that individual, say, Preacher, on my prayer list, that's going on my prayer list. I'm going to pray that. I'm going to pray that God will raise up that church building. And if we can help in any way, we're going to try to build that building. We're going to try to make that a reality when we go home to God someday. The other things that you have built may have their place. And I recognize the great the great job that you've done in that. But monuments and buildings will, will fade and crumble. But the souls that have been won to Christ and their children and their children's children will go on and on and on for all eternity. They're a mortal soul in heaven. Someday somebody will come from that mission church, may come up to you, Tom, in heaven and say, thank you for praying. Thank you for giving. Thank you for sacrificing we got a church building when it was about to be taken away from us. We got a church building this morning. I asked, I asked Brother John Gardner in the fair ministry. I said, have you got a fair in that town, in that city, in that area? Because we want to tap into that city as well. We want to do our part to see that as many souls get saved in that city to go from that fair to that church and become a part of that new church plant, that restarted, that new energized church plant that God's going to raise up. I believe God can do it. I believe God wants to do it, and we ought to do it. Amen. I want you to think about the opportunities we have in America, and thank God that it is the day of salvation. And then I want to personalize it, because everything in Scripture I want to take as personally as we can in its proper context. I don't want to take it out of context, but in context. I want you to listen to this. Here it is. Salvation is personal. Now, Jesus Christ died for the ungodly, the Bible says. He died for the sins of all of us. But I want you to understand, and look at me. Look at me now. If you'd been the only sinner, if I'd been the only sinner, Jesus, who is God in a body, would have come to this planet and would have lived 33 homesick years away from heaven, and he would have gone to an old rugged cross and would have been cruelly beaten and would have been nailed to that cross where he hung between two thieves. And he would have said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If I'd been the only sinner, he would have died for me. He would have been buried for me. He would have risen for me. If you'd been the only sinner, he'd have died for you. He'd have been buried for you. He would have risen for you. Say, I don't know how to handle that. I, I don't know how to handle that. I tell you, just like your bulletin. See that big open archway? Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon me, upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. He's going to bring you comfort to your soul. That's, that's what Jesus came to do. He came to seek and to save the lost. Faith makes all things possible. Hope makes all things bright. Love makes all things better. Amen. You want to have, you want to have uh, uh, some impact, some influence on others. I was looking at what Shelton Smith wrote in The Sword of the Lord. Christian who reads the Bible, or if he or she is in good, good, a good church, they know that it's important to witness. But so many do not witness. And as a result, they go year after year and never personally lead a soul to the Savior. The question is why? Why do they not witness? Jesus said, Ye shall be witnesses unto me, Acts 1.8. So what's the problem? Number one, untaught. Number two, untrained. Number three, fear. Number four, carnality. Number five, peers. Number six, associations. Number seven, busy. Too busy. He says, therefore, if we know the Lord is counting on us and we do not do what He asks us to do, we're backslidden. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Amen. Whatever He asks us to do is something that He will provide the means for us to do. I know this. God did not let me be born in this world just so I would live whatever amount of years, die and go out into a Christless eternity and burn forever in the devil's hell. God, let me be born in this world so I'd be exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Find out that there's a plan to be, to be saved, that transaction, to be transformed, and then to transmit the truth to others. song was written some years ago. I like it so much. I was born again. I was born to serve the Lord. I'm not saved to sit on my blessed assurance. I'm not saved just to study and become a spiritual sponge. I'm not saved just to number my problems into sorrow. I'm not saved to sulk about people that don't treat me right. But I am saved to serve the Lord. You have that opportunity today. Just as Paul shared with us from the 6th chapter of 2 Corinthians, from his heart, I've shared with you from my heart. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Nobody is looking. How many of you today would say, Preacher, I've been listening to what you've said. And that first part of it, I know that I know that I know that I've prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. And according to the Bible, I know if I died, I'd go to heaven because I've been born again. I've had that born again experience. I know I'm saved. The Bible says so. And I believe it. I've trusted Christ. If you've had that transaction, would you raise your hand, please? Raise it up high. I've had that transaction. Thank you all across the auditorium today. If you haven't had that transaction yet, you can have it right now. You say, what is it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you pray right now? Pray from your heart and mean it. Dear God, just pray from your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I'm a sinner. I deserve to pay for my sins. I deserve to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus died to save me. I believe Jesus died to save me. And right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart. Right now I receive the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart as my personal Savior. As my personal Savior. Please take away my sins. Please take away my sins. And take me to heaven when I die. And take me to heaven 
when I die. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it just now, I want you to do this. Your head's bowed, your eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, would you put your hand up so I can see it right now? Put your hand up so I can see it right now. All right, God bless you. Anybody else? I prayed that prayer and I meant it. Thank you so much. In just a moment, we'll have the invitation. You can come from where you are. Get some help if you'd like it. Just come and pray. If you've been saved but never scripturally baptized since you've been saved, you need to come and present yourself for believers' scriptural baptism. If you're uh, saved and scripturally baptized, you'd like to join our church. You can come and say, I'd like to join the church. From the dust of the earth, my God created man. His breath made man a living soul. And God so loved this whole world, He gave His only Son, and that is why. Yeah.